When you meet someone, do you wonder about their story? If you're like me, you're always interested in the lives, hopes, and dreams of people. Stories Connect People podcast will bring you interesting, inspiring, and compelling stories from people just like you and me. Stories that will inspire you. They'll make you laugh. You'll learn. They might even make you cry. But above all, you will feel connected and closer to the people around you. You may see yourself in these stories. You may feel connected because you share similarities in your own journey. There are rich, interesting stories closer than you think, maybe even yours. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People. I am Polly Van Duzer, your host. My guest today on Stories Connect People podcast is Omar Jimenez. Omar and his family have a great story, and we met him on a South Beach Art Deco food tour, and I wanted to have him as a guest on my show. Omar was born in Cuba, and his family was moving to the Ukraine when a layover in Ireland led them to change those plans altogether and start a new life in Ireland. They were some of the earliest Cuban immigrants to Ireland and established the first Cuban restaurant in Dublin. Omar began helping out in the restaurant as a young boy and is now the operator of his family's restaurant, Bella Cuba in Miami. Omar talks about his family's journey, their restaurants, spending several years working on luxury yachts where he traveled to some of the most exotic places in the world and later managed large estates. In addition to his formal education, all of this experience was extremely valuable for his role today running the family business. Omar has such a love for culture, people, and food, especially in Miami. And you are going to love that about him, just like we did. The guest experience they create at the restaurant and Omar, as he is guiding guests for the Miami food tours, is warm, welcoming, and personal. If you visit Miami, South Beach, I hope you will dine at Bella Cuba and check out Miami food tours for an unforgettable experience. Join me today in welcoming Omar Jimenez to Stories Connect People podcast. Hello, Omar. How are you today? Welcome to Stories Connect People podcast. Hi, Polly. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Yes, it is so great to have you. I will start off with how we connected, and then we'll go into your amazing story, and I'm so excited to have you here today. So Omar and I met in Miami um, a few be- a few weeks ago. My husband and I um, were there for a little mini vacation, and we did a food tour and with Miami food tours, and actually it was an Art Deco food tour, and Omar was our guide, and he was absolutely incredible, and so we like hit the jackpot for our tour, but um, we had such a great connection with him, and one of the restaurants that we went to was Bella Cuba, 
and it's his family's restaurant. And so we had such a great time that we, that Brad and I went back the next day and we're, we were able to get to know Omar better. So uh, Omar, I'm so excited that you're here. And I loved uh, some of the uh, things that you shared on our food tour about um, just you and your background and, and your family. And so I was so excited to have you on the podcast today so that you can share that with our listeners. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, as I said, for having me. It's uh, a really nice opportunity to to be here. And uh, actually, it's my first podcast, so I'm really excited. <laughs> I love when it's people's first podcast. This is going to be such a great experience for you. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. So I absolutely love to hear people's stories about where they came from. And so why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about you as a young boy and maybe a little bit about your uh, early life and where you grew up. And we'll start from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up um, in, a, in a couple of different places. So we'll just start from the beginning. Um, my father is of uh, Cuban descent. He was born in Cuba. My mother was born in the Ukraine. And uh, I was born in Cuba. At the age of uh, five, my parents uh, decided to make a better life for their children and their family. So um, they decided to emigrate. And um, we were on our way to the Ukraine, where my mother's family is from when our plane stopped over in Shannon in Ireland. And that's where my father looked out the window and said how beautiful everything looked and it looked very green. Um, so it was definitely a, a lot better than going to the Ukraine in October, I can tell you. Um, there was still a little bit warmth in Ireland, it was fall. So we decided to stay there. Um, and that's where my new life began. Uh, from a small boy, I lived in the countryside in Ireland in a small town called Ennis, County Clare. And by the time that I went to middle school, we had already moved to Dublin, uh, the capital city of Ireland, uh, where I grew up and I lived pretty much until the age of 22, 23. And it was great. I loved living in Ireland. It was uh, probably the best decision that my parents could have made when they chose to leave Cuba. Um, Ireland was such a welcoming place. It's filled with amazing people. The culture, the education that I received was amazing. So I, I really am very, very thankful that we ended up uh, growing up in Ireland, my, my brother and my sisters and I. And it, it was just a great experience overall. That is so interesting that your parents were headed to Ukraine and you do you just had a layover in Ireland and you ended up moving there. That's absolutely incredible. <laughs> I mean, not very many people have a story like that, I'm sure. Um, is it common for people from Cuba to move to Ireland or were you all pretty unique there? No, no, it's not very common at all, actually. Um, we were actually one of the very few that was um, lucky enough, if you, if you want to put it that way, to be able to leave Cuba during those times, because in the early 90s in Cuba, we had something called the special period, which was a very difficult time for all Cubans um, living on the island. There was a shortage of food, of electricity, of everything, you know, uh, clothing. Um, so um, it was very, very difficult to, to live a normal life. And when we decided to leave Cuba, we, we we're not really allowed access to many or any other country that my parents would have wanted to go to. 
but uh, the Ukraine was always a choice because my mom's family was from there. So if we were to go back and visit anybody, that's one of the countries that we were allowed to go and legally exit Cuba to visit. So it just actually happened to be that the flight stopped over in Shannon and they accepted us. <laughs> Well, that is so awesome. Well, I know you told us, and this is like such a great part of your story and your family's story, and you shared with us that your family had opened um, the first, is that right, the first Cuban restaurant in Ireland? When we first arrived in Ireland, we were actually one of the first immigrant groups um, to come to Ireland. Uh, from what I could see, we were kind of new and, and people were looking at us a little bit differently because we weren't what the typical Irish person would look like. Uh, but we, we received a very, very warm welcome um, by the Irish people. And there is not one thing that I could have thought that they could have done better to receive us uh, as a family or as a group of immigrants that arrived around the same time. But over the years, Ireland and Cuba have had some kind of like tourist relations and people travel back and forth. So some Irish people have got married to some Cubans. And now I know that the population of Cubans has grown to a um, considerable amount where, you know, there is an embassy in, in Ireland. Oh, well, that's really cool. Well, I'll um, I'll talk more about this in a, in a minute, but it's so it's so unusual that now you're in, in, in Miami where it's a melting pot of every culture that you possibly can imagine and so many um, oh, yeah. it's so diverse. And so that's uh, pretty unique that that um, you were in Ireland and um, one of the the few immigrants and uh, now you're in Miami where it's, um, you know, just it's everyone. So, Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it was just uh, stepping stones of preparation throughout my whole life to have finally just arrived in Miami with all of this experience and my languages and everything. So it was all perfect. Well, so you said, so how many languages do you speak? I speak fluent Spanish, English, and Russian, and I studied French and Portuguese in school. Um, let's talk about your family's restaurant there. So your parents opened the first Cuban restaurant, and um, so then, and you said that you know that was there wasn't a lot of um, ethnic foods and and uh, diversity there in terms of food. So tell tell our listeners about um, kind of how that came about, and um, what was it like um, being part of that with your family opening that restaurant. Well, it was, it was an incre incredible um, opportunity because, from well, firstly, I was still very young back then. My parents had our first Cuban restaurant uh, when I was like around 11 or 12. So I was only helping out as much as I could in the early days and, and just watching everything from the sidelines, really. But what I've what I seen just from living in Ireland and tasting Irish food is it doesn't really have that much flavor and they definitely don't use like, you know, as much spices or, or flavoring in their seasoning like we do in Cuba or in the tropics and the Caribbean. So you definitely see the differences in, in cuisines between Irish and Cuban cuisines they're on uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. But um, over the years, you know, growing up in a multicultural family and diverse uh, family, my, my father would cook um, Cuban or Latin or Hispanic uh, food and my mom would cook like either Ukrainian or Russian dishes and so growing up in Ireland I had a balance of both and it was 
kind of like an educational experience in the beginning, opening the restaurant in, in Dublin, because a lot of Irish people had not really tried Cuban food before. A lot of them had not even been to a Latin American country before. So um, it was something that we were constantly educating and receiving amazing feedback because Irish people were discovering mangoes and pineapples and cilantro and cumin, oregano, you know, these, these things that were just so normal in, in our daily staple. Um, and they loved it. They, they loved the flavors and Irish people are very, very adventurous. So our food was a big hit uh, with the public there. Well, I can imagine. I can imagine. So, so you worked in the restaurant as a young boy? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't exactly call it work. I tried to help as best as I could. I don't want to make my parents get in trouble by, you know, <laughs> but I, I did start at a very young age. Um, I was always with my family. I mean, I, I remember when I was uh, finishing school on the weekends, like on Friday, my brother, he's seven, eight years older than me. So he would come to work uh, as a teenager and then he would take me on the bus with him because my parents would already be at the restaurant. So it was the kind of thing that if I wasn't, you know, working, I was still kind of helping or, or assisting in some kind of way and gaining that valuable experience that would, you know, later guide me uh, to become, you know, the operator of the restaurant. So how long were you, how long did you live in, um, in Ireland? Um, up until my mid twenties. Oh, okay. Okay. So you were, you were there, uh, a good long time. How did your family come to the U S did you all come together or, um, how, um, how did that come about? So, uh, you know, every Cuban person that I know has some kind of family here in the U S uh, at one point or another through the mass migrations that have happened in, in history between Cuba and the United States. Uh, there was some kind of family member or root uh, here in, in South Florida, if you're Cuban. And my parents, they always wanted to, you know, create a life for our family outside of the United States first. So um, we were privileged in the sense that we got our education and everything um, in Europe before we came over here as older kids, adults already. But um, my parents came over here in 2005 or 2004 initially on a vacation to meet up with some of their family members that they hadn't seen in many, many years. And so they came over by themselves, first of all. They fell in love with South Florida and the beauty of it and, you know, they, the warmth and the people. My father being Cuban, he always felt a little bit kind of like... He didn't fully fit in in Ireland because it was just so different for him. So being back in South Florida uh, brought him this feeling of being closer to home, just like it does to so many of the Cubans that settle here in South Florida because it's so close to the Caribbean and Cuba. Well, your dad and well, your mom and dad must be so courageous and adventurous. I mean, they oh, start yeah. over. They start over completely in in Ireland without even really have planned been planning to and then they do the same thing in the US well that's um that's great that is that is really great and I want you to tell me I want you to tell me about kind of how the restaurant came together but um you you had took a detour from the restaurant for a little while and went to work on a yacht so was that at this point that you did that and that 
world just seems fascinating and um, something that, you know, I don't know if a lot of people would know, you know, what the yachting life is like. So talk about that. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that was the same for me. Um, Well, just to start from the beginning, basically, I was in the restaurant one day and just living my old regular, you know, boring Irish life. And uh, it was around the time of the the last recession. Um, And there was a couple of things happening in my life at the moment at, at that moment in time i was going through a little bit of a breakup young love all that stuff so um my friend from scotland ended up coming to visit uh me in in the restaurant in ireland and um, he told me about this amazing life that he'd been living the last couple of years working on private yachts and visiting you know the most exclusive parts of the world while getting paid and also meeting some incredible people along the way so to me that whole story sounded surreal you know and i i just had to look into it so um at the same time he was convinced knowing me that i would do very very well in that industry you know with my experiences and my languages and i started looking into it um i've never heard of the private yachting industry in my life i attended plenty of hospitality education throughout my my years and had so many conversations with different people from all over the world but i never once heard of this industry. Uh, so soon after researching a couple of the nautical courses that were available uh, to gain certification, the certification required, I traveled to uh, the Isle of Wight in the United Kingdom, where I enrolled in a yachting hospitality course, which was basically, um, it involved firefighting, uh, sea survival techniques, interior yacht management, and uh, silver service, for example just to name a a couple of the modules that we uh, went through. And so, yeah, uh, once I completed my course, I took my first uh, job. It was uh, three weeks sailing straight from uh, the north of Holland, right through the North Sea, which is um, meant to be a a notorious uh, ocean, um, dangerous, and then... We ended up going to the Isle of Jersey and then a couple of stops along the French coast to make it just in time for the delivery at the La Rochelle Boat Show in France. Yeah, that was really, really cool. I got to spend some time um, traveling around France. It was just an amazing opportunity. But, you know, once I completed upon completion of, of everything, like my yachting course and my first sail, I came back to Ireland after my three-week adventure. And I came back to Dublin, I, I really could not stop thinking about the whole sailing experience and everything, this whole new world that I had just encountered. Uh, so I began applying for yachting positions um, in the Mediterranean and the Caribbean because it goes in seasons. So the season is summers in the Mediterranean and winters in the Caribbean. So as basically, as, as my luck would have it, I, uh, I was hired on a 120-meter a private luxury yacht based between the Caribbean and South Florida. So that sounds absolutely magnificent. Do you have, do you have like anything that particularly, of course, traveling around the world like that had to be just absolutely unbelievable, but you saw life, I'm sure, in a completely different way. But is there a story or two that particularly stood out to you that might be interesting for our listeners? 
Oh, every single day was an amazing story. Like I have so many unforgettable stories that I could literally tell you all day long for a week, all these stories. But, you know, I think the overall experience was really the most life-changing uh, out of all because waking up every day in, in the middle of the ocean in the Caribbean or in the Mediterranean or visiting different ports or small marinas and, and places that you never thought you'd experience in your whole life, you know, some places would just be completely out of my reach because they're for the top 1% or for the elite crowd that, you know, has millions and billions to get to these places on a private plane or on a private yacht because um, general people just don't get to these places. So for me, it was um, also something that I, I was gaining invaluable experience throughout this whole thing because being employed at such a high level of hospitality gave me an even better start uh, for my future here in Miami. So what happened to bring you back to Miami and then, you know, maybe start by um, talking about that. And then, you know, you starting to work with your family's restaurant here and maybe a little bit about how their ref restaurant even got established. Yeah, absolutely. So basically the, the, the season finished um, in the, in the Caribbean. And as I said, the boat was, um, half the time in Caribbean, half the time here in South Florida. So I would come here for shipyard time or if it needed maintenance or anything like that. And as my luck would have it, my family were already established here in South Florida. So I just seen that as a, as a free flight, basically, to get to Miami. And um, I came back to Fort Lauderdale. So the yacht was going to spend a couple of months in uh, the shipyard. And at that moment in time, the family that I was working for, asked me if I'd be interested in managing another one of their estates on land in the Midwest of the country. So I went and I did that for about a year and a half, managing a high-end uh, 25,000 square foot uh, estate in the Midwest. Holy cow. Yeah, it was a lot, it was a lot of work, but again, it was um, a new set of experiences because this time I was doing high-end hospitality, but privately on, on land. So it, it kind of gave me a different outlook on what I was already doing through, you know, my restaurant experience and then my yachting experience. It brought me to this next opportunity. And so, I, again, I gained some really invaluable experience and it was great. I love the Midwest. I, I just thought that Midwest people are so friendly, so nice and welcoming. Um, I would have stayed up there forever if, you're, if it wasn't for, you know, the coldest winters I ever experienced in my life. <laughs> and so I decided to come back to Florida. When I came back to Florida, I decided to stay in the same industry. So I applied for another job in estate management and I got um, the, the management role um, at a luxury uh, villa kind of here in Miami Beach. But it, it's more run as a private uh, resort for the owner and his family and friends. And so, you know, there was a fleet of yachts involved. There was one of the largest ballrooms in all of Miami Beach. So the owner would throw parties of 700 to 1,000 uh, people impromptu. Um, it was a lot of work. It was really, really high speed. Um, but, you know, just those experiences and, and working at such a high level, it was, it was amazing for me. No matter how tired I got or how many hours I worked per week, it was it was incredible. You know, I wanted more. <laughs> and so, yeah, once um, my family in 2014, um, my brother had just got married and he wanted to start a family and stuff like that. And so um, I was kind of 
happy but not completely satisfied by by my job because it was lower end pay that I was used to in other states and uh, internationally. Uh, but I was having to work a lot more, uh, and it was very tiresome uh, having to work for, for for my last boss. So that's when you know everything kind of came together, and my family needed my support again at the restaurant. So that's when I decided to come back and manage the restaurant here in Miami Beach. Well, I know that all of the experience that you had in Ireland and then in this yachting uh, career that you had for a while um, uh, probably really helped you be able to have a great foundation to come back and create such an amazing experience for your guests. And we absolutely experienced that when we were there. Um I felt like, so the food was absolutely amazing in Bella, Cuba, and you can talk all about the restaurant, but um, the food was absolutely amazing. But I think that what was even more amazing is just, we felt like we were a guest in your home. And so how do you create such a great experience for your guests and, um, you know, what's it like running, you know, being the operator of the restaurant? Yeah, I mean, when I took over in uh, 2014, the restaurant was um, very different to what it is today. Um, I immediately kind of began putting my touch and my experience on the restaurant itself, the decor, the menu the food and the service. Um, so overall, I was trying to bring up the, 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 the overall experience to what I had just been uh, thought or, or gone through my experiences in the last number of years. And thankfully, um, it, it all came together really, really nicely. The, the decor that, you know, I upgraded the restaurant with murals and um, a lot of art from local artists. Uh, we love art and we love, you know, our Cuban afro-caribbean culture and roots so we love when people come into our establishment into our restaurant that we've created through so many years the last 15 years we've been putting our love and joy into it basically every day uh recreating this experience like with the flavor the same flavors that my grandma used to cook when i was growing up because i remember those amazing delicious flavors that my grandma used to cook then they got carried over into my dad's hands my dad used to make them throughout my whole childhood um really delicious traditional cuban food and then it kind of got to the point where the the baton was uh, given to me with with the restaurant and having kind of like uh, power over the menu and the food and the ingredients that we got to use was really really exciting you certainly can taste it. I mean, it tastes just absolutely amazing. And I have to say, I was uh, with our friends this past weekend and my um, friend uh, Jorge, his parents live in Miami and he travels there quite a bit. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have the gr- this great restaurant that um, that I want <laughs> you to get, to take your parents to when you go back there. And he said he had been to your restaurant. And so... Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> and so I mean, even you know, said, "Oh yeah, near Link Street," he said. But anyway, um, like the locals love it too. Oh, absolutely! I mean, that's one of the things that I really, really focus on. I'm very into uh, growing with with our community, and that's one of the beautiful things about having been at our location for the last 15 years. That when we arrived in South Beach in 2005, when we opened the restaurant, it was South Beach was a very, very different place, and 
there wasn't the beautiful uh, symphony orchestra, the, the New World uh, Center that we have right across from us and, and the beautiful Soundscape Park. Um, there wasn't uh, the, the renovated Miami Beach Convention Center. And a lot of things have changed. There's, there's some new resorts, there's some new hotels on our street. Um, so, you know, we've grown with our community and we're really, really proud to be able to say that because usually any business in South Beach that lasts more than five years is, is doing pretty good for themselves. So we're very, very proud to be able to be a part of the Miami Beach and South Beach community. And also I'm a resident of Miami Beach, so it means a little bit extra to me because I like to give back to the community. Well, I love that. And I know that um, you have a passion for that. And we were talking a little bit about, you know, some of the work that you're doing in your community um, when we were there and, um, for you to be a, um, you know, running a business and so your family being business owners and you continuing to help, you know, uh, cultivate such a great place and, and, you know, continue to be part of helping it, helping it involve. And, you know, I love you saying that the restaurant was a bit different, you know, a while back and that you've really helped to to improve that and make sure that your guests are, are having the best experience possible. That's great. It's really important for us, especially being here in Miami Beach, because um, I think people come to Miami Beach and places like Las Vegas expecting a certain type of service. And um, from my personal experience being um, a customer in, in the hospitality industry also, I sometimes feel like some places they have great food, but they lack in other in other parts. And for us, it's very, very important that we try and uh, not only create or recreate delicious food and flavors, but uh, also, like you said, make our guests feel at home, make them uh, feel like, you know, this is somewhere they want to come and return to. And actually one of the prime examples and something that I'm really proud of is that's fond in my heart is that when I talk to our guests, uh, you know, Miami is Miami Beach is very transient and a lot of them we don't really see uh, that often. They'll come maybe like once or twice a year. And so every time they come to Miami, they come to visit us and they tell us that they're going out of our way, their way because they're not even staying in Miami Beach or that they had missed uh, our croquetas so much because they're so creamy and they've never managed to find one like that. Just the fact that they remember those things, it really makes me very, very happy. And that's what kind of makes it all worth it for us. You know, when we have guests that are here in Miami Beach for two or three nights and they'll come in and dine with us like two of the three nights or three of the four nights. And they tell me that and I'm so happy. It's wonderful. It's, it really does make our day. And that uh, speaks so um, highly about your restaurant, too, because there's so many options there, right? It's very competitive. Not only do you run the restaurant, but you also, and I'm sure that keeps you extremely busy, um, but but you also participate as a guide in these Miami food tours or South Beach food tours. And so kind of what makes yeah. you do that? And, you know, kind of what does that, that bring to you? And it has to be completely different, um, you know, every time you do it. Definitely, definitely. Oh, that's one of the main reasons why I love doing it. But um, so Miami, Miami food tours is basically everything I love. It's, it's food. Uh, people, culture, and history all in one. So who could who could not love that, you know? <laughs> but um, I, I just really like 
when you, you you get to meet people i kind of grew up meeting people all my life and talking to different people all the time every single day uh it's it's something that i have instilled inside me so uh when i first moved to miami i felt kind of like a, a fish out of water in a way because i didn't fully know the city that i was in and its culture and so you know because i grew up being very active and around people a lot and stuff like that um i just really enjoyed the idea of participating in miami food tours but obviously i had my hands full in the beginning number of years when i was establishing myself in the area um as a manager in the restaurant and uh, operator and all, all of that good stuff um i didn't really have as much time but i took it on um because it was really uh something that that was of high interest to me um not only meeting different people from different cultures in our city but also getting to learn all the historical facts about our city and the grandfathers that you know dreamt of this beautiful luxurious paradise and all of our art deco architecture which you mentioned earlier and not only that but you get to build amazing relationships with local businesses and entrepreneurs because you also visit these restaurants uh, on a not daily but you know regular basis with customers and obviously if you're bringing customers to a restaurant regularly the owners are going to love you so i love supporting locals and i love supporting local business and that's one of the main things that i've always loved about miami food tours is that they only support small and local business they don't like you'll never find a big chain on any of their tours uh not here in miami beach or winwood or little havana and so i think that that's really special because especially during times like this we really need to be supporting our local businesses and our small mom and pop that are the most vulnerable during these times. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love the most about it. Um, you know, other than you just being a fantastic guide and knowing so much about the city and culture and everything, but you. is you know, we we would probably never have gone into the re the four or five restaurants that we did, right? If we had not experienced yeah. them through the food tours and the, the through the food tour and so I love supporting small local small businesses and that was such a great way for us to do it and i mean who doesn't lo love a food tour um so our list our listeners if, if it's something that you haven't explored while you are on vacation um so many cities have food tours and so it is um a way that you can have you know a unique different experience a unique way to you know to do something completely different Absolutely. I, I yeah, highly recommend it. I've, I've visited many food tours around the world. Every city that I go to, I try and visit food tours since we started working with Miami Food Tours. So this is the important thing that Miami Food Tours has, has created a lot of free marketing for these businesses also because um, it, it's kind of like a small little tool that these businesses have. And remember, not all of them have the budgets like the big competitors that we have here in Miami Beach to spend on marketing. So this is a great tool for the local businesses and entrepreneurs that we have here that participate in this tour. But not, not only that, you know, um, I think just overall, um, experiencing a food tour in any city that you visit is a wonderful experience. It's a great way of becoming a local in a few hours. Our tour is three, three and a half hours long, and you get to visit five different um, locations, five different mom and pop or small businesses in our area. 
And so many of our guests are from different parts of the country where there's not as much diverse uh, cultural diversity. And for them, tasting Peruvian food would be a first time. Trying ceviche uh, is, is, is a first time experience. So that's exactly what we try and recreate. You know, we want you to try the real flavors of Miami when you come here. And so Cuban, Peruvian, they're all the real flavors of what, you know, Miami Nouvelle Cuisine is. And we've taken all these beautiful cultures and we're kind of like melting pots. So we bring all of those flavors together. And hopefully if you join us on one of our tours, you'll get to experience that one day. And I will absolutely link to that in this show notes. And so if anyone listening to the podcast can just go to the show notes and um, check out that. Well, Omar, what is next for you? Do you have uh, a bucket list or something that, you know, you professionally or personally want to to do next? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've got a very long list. Um, <laughs> well, over the last eight years that I've been in this country, I've actually, I think I've got a pretty good start, you know, uh, building a wonderful life here for my family and I, but um, I'm always looking forward to doing some new things and, and building on what I've already done in the future. And actually in, in the beginning of this year, um, as I mentioned, I love getting involved with, with our community and growing with you know the Miami Beach community. So um, because business kind of slowed down this year due to our circumstances, um, I decided to establish a, a new uh, neighborhood association in the neighborhood that I live in, that I've been living in for a number of years. And, uh, you know, I started it together with a, a couple of the neighbors and property owners here on the island because uh, we, we realized that due to the, the absence of a previous association to advocate, you know, the concerns and issues uh, to the city and, and, and the city leaders on behalf of the island and its residents, we've we've suffered um, here because we've been kind of like left out and forgotten by the city over the last number of decades. Um, and so we're looking to kind of reestablish that connection again and bridge uh, that gap between uh, the residents and property owners on the island um, through the Parkview Island Sustainable Development Association. We hope to be able to create a, a safer and stronger community in uh, North Beach together with the recent establishment of the North Beach Master Plan and um, the impending uh, North Beach Community Redevelopment Agency, which includes our area. But uh, that's, one of the, that's gonna be one of the, 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 the first missions and the main missions of the um, Parkview Island Sustainable Development Association is to be included in the North Beach Community Redevelopment Agency because if something like this is gonna be happening in North Beach, Parkview Island should be a poster child for uh, the needs and uh, the upgrades uh, that the CRA is gonna be helping our community with. So we're definitely gonna be advocating um, on behalf of you know, the island residents and our community and, and hopefully improving the quality of life in the future for not only myself, but everybody on the island. Well, that's a big investment that you're making for a lot of people. So that's wonderful. That's wonderful work. Yeah. And at the same time, the restaurant is always something that's been in my life and uh, it's a fixture in my life. So uh, when I look into my future, I always hope to be able to um, continue my life in, in the hospitality industry, but also uh, through my experience and um, 
the last you know 20 years of working in in the hospitality industry not only in in europe but here in the united states and also in on the arts in different countries um i'd love to be able to give people new entrepreneurs new hospitality business owners my experience and help them just the way that uh people help my family and my parents when we were getting started and you know with thanks to some of those people's help that we found along the way it's that we've made it this far and so everybody always needs a helping hand at one point or another and i hope that one day with my experience um i'll be able to do the same for for a couple of other entrepreneurs in, in the hospitality industry well i have no doubt that you will um making a difference it seems like it's really important to you well omar if our guests want to check out your restaurant or follow you or follow uh, or uh, contact you or uh, find out what's going on with the Miami food tours, tell us, uh, tell us a few ways that we can um, uh, stay in touch or engage with you. Yes. Yeah, so definitely guys, please come to visit us anytime that you are coming to Miami. Uh, we'd love to uh, let you experience not only our delicious flavors uh, with food and drinks at the restaurant, but uh, miamifoodtours.com is the website that you want to go if you'd like to take part in any of these beautiful experiences while you're in South Beach. Uh, we have tours running every single day, uh, twice a day, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. And the weather here is just perfect at the moment. And it's just going to stay perfect all winter long. So if anyone needs a break, let us know and we'll look after you here. That's really great. And make sure that you tell Omar that you heard him on Stories Connect People podcast. Um, tell us the location of the restaurant just to make sure that we have that. Yeah, so the restaurant is located in the center of South Beach. Um, we're 1659 Washington Avenue, and we're just off the corner of Lincoln Road. Lincoln Road is one of the most famous pedestrian streets and shopping streets that we have here in Miami Beach. So if you do go to Lincoln Road and you're doing a little bit of shopping with your family or your partner, we're right there on the corner of Lincoln Road. Uh, we have a very delicious happy hour every single day from 4 until 7 p.m. Uh, all of our cocktails, drinks, and glasses of wine are $5. And then on the weekends, we also have our Cuban brunch. So our Cuban brunch is amazing. We have a special Cuban brunch menu, which we designed. And you're going to see some dishes on there that you will have never experienced on another menu before. So uh, we definitely recommend you join us, uh, especially for happier and the Cuban brunch on the weekends. Well, I talked about how great the food is, but I didn't mention the mojito that was absolutely phenomenal. So I can vouch, I can vouch for it being exceptional. <laughs> yeah, our mojitos are really delicious and we make them really, really easy. It's just a simple recipe, but we put a lot of love into everything that we do. So that's why they taste, I think, a little I bit think better. I think so too. Well, Omar, it has been such a pleasure to welcome you today to Stories Connect People podcast and have you share your story and your family story and your background and all the great things that you've done with our listeners. Um, so thank you so much for being a guest. Likewise, Polly. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to look after both of you when you were here in Miami. And um, if it wasn't for the restaurant and Miami Food Tours, I guess we would have never connected. So thank you so much for, for everything and for allowing me to be on this podcast. 
Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, listen, rate, or share with others. I look forward to being with you next time on Stories Connect People podcast.